my heart can sing when I pause to remember a heartache here. It's but a stepping stone along the way, but it's winding always upward. This old troubled world, it's not my final
Lord, we thank you that we'll sing until then, until we see your face, God. Let us press in this morning. Lord, let us draw nigh to you this morning, Father. Lord, as we come into your house to give you praise and worship this morning and honor who you are, we thank you this morning, God, and we glorify you. Lord, touch the pe uh, preaching this morning and the altar service. If there be one that doesn't know you, God, may they come to your saving knowledge of your grace this morning. Lord, we ask you for the peace that passeth all understanding this morning, the peace that comes from God. Lord, may we experience your peace this morning, not just in this life, but in our very hearts this morning. We love you and we thank you. And we glorify you in the precious name of Jesus. Your people all say, Amen. Hallelujah.
just want to say I am thankful for the way that he loves me because I know that there are so many times that I don't deserve it, that I mess up, that I'm running in the opposite direction, but no matter how far away I go, he's always there to meet me and to hold me and to love me. So if you don't know it today, I just want you to know that you are loved by, by everyone in this room, but most of all, by God, and that means more than anything, anything else in this world. If you know and you want to sing it with us, you're more than welcome to come join us. Anybody, anytime. I'm getting ready for the coming of the King. I'm getting ready for the coming of the King of Kings. Oh, I'm getting ready for the coming of the King. Coming down, He's coming one more time for you. Coming down, he's coming down for you and me, you and me. Well, I've seen no John's revelation. I believe these are the final days. And even now the Lord is at the threshold, waiting soon to call the church away. So I'm getting ready for the coming of the King. Coming down, he's coming down for you and me, you and me. Well, this time he won't need a manger. This time he won't need a cross. This time he won't need a borrowed tomb. Sinner, be ready, don't get I'm ready. Yes. 
the King of Kings, oh, I'm getting ready for the coming of the King. Coming down, He's coming down for you and me, you and me, you and me, church, you and me. Daddy, come on up this morning. I've got good news. If you're not ready, you can get ready today. That's what these altars are for. You can come and you can meet Jesus. And you can be ready as well this morning. Might feel like there is no way. Might feel like their chains won't break. But when Jesus shows up on the scene, you know something about to change. Might feel like there is no hope. Staring at a Jericho. But when Jesus shows up on the scene, you know something's about to change. Somebody speak the name. Yes, somebody sing his praise. Somebody feel your face. There's a breakthrough coming. Somebody testify. Somebody lift him high. Well, let me tell you why. There's a breakthrough coming. Wanna see the lame man walk? Wanna see the blind get sight? Cause when Jesus shows up on the scene, you know something's about to change. Wanna see the slave go free. Wanna see the dead man rise. For when Jesus shows up on the scene, you know something's about to change. Somebody speak the name. Yes, somebody sing his praise. Somebody bring your faith. There's a breakthrough coming. Somebody testify. Somebody lift him high. Oh, let me tell you why. There's a breakthrough coming. A breakthrough. Jesus, sing it, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, anything can change. Call on Jesus, sing it, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, anything can change. Somebody speak the name. Yes, somebody sing his praise. Somebody bring your faith. There's a breakthrough coming. Let somebody testify. Somebody lift him high. Oh, let me tell you. Breakthrough coming. There's a breakthrough coming.
Amen. Do you believe that today? Praise God. joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. You can choose this morning to lay it down at Jesus' feet. And at the cross, it's a great exchange. I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the choose. I love cast all your cares at Jesus' feet. 
Come and cast all your cares because he cares for you. So this morning, if there's stuff that you're carrying, you don't need to be carrying it because he already paid for it. So drop it off and leave it there. I surrender all. I surrender Prepare you 
you to, uh, I want to ask you some questions. Number one, I want to ask you about the will of God in your life. Sometimes we talk about what is our will and sometimes we try to fulfill our will in the flesh, the flesh of trying to do the will of God. Some of you know that when you got out of school, you had all these plans, all these desires to be smart, rich, marry somebody perfect, have perfect children. Everything just turned out perfect. But how many knows that that sometimes, that most every time, has got a lot of problems in it. And it does not fulfill our life. But what fulfills your life and what you need to come to today and to understand, this is what God put on my heart, and I almost got away from it two or three times, but it's talking about the will of God in you. And that cannot come about without Christ. You need him as your savior and you need to look into his word and find out. We talked last week about the word of God, but the word of God has got to flow through you. It's got to wash out the old man and put in the new. And you're putting in God and you're putting in Christ and how he is. But I began to read and write some things down. One was we're to pray for the will of God. The highest and best way of life is the word of God and it is the way of God and it is the will of God in your life. If you want to know where the best road that you should be walking is, it's in the will of God, but you have to find the will of God for you. Now, I got all kinds of arguments all my life about what is the will of God. Some people would say God's will, and the scripture bears it out, that God's not willing that any should perish. So it's God's will that everybody be saved. But how many knows the Bible tells you that not everybody's going to be saved? Okay, I want you to understand something. God has a perfect will. He would love for mankind to all just come to him and say, okay, I surrender all. I know I'm a sinner and I need a savior and I accept the gift that you gave in your son to pay this price for me and now I'm fixed and I'm ready to go to heaven. But can I tell you something? We don't find it that way. We have to get a hold of the will of God means we got to walk through this life. It is the highest and the best way of life. The will of God is, is when you understand what the will of God is for you, that's when you have to make up your mind to commit to the will of God for you. I may hear what I just said. You don't only got to find it, but you got to dedicate yourself to the will of God in your life. I love my wife. We've been 50 years coming up. But can I tell you something? She's not the will of God and necessarily inside of my heart. I can fix all the outside things of my life, but the inside is what God wants me to fix. And the inside means I need to walk in the will of God. I need to understand what it is. Now, some of you say, I married somebody and now I have to divorce them or I had to walk away from them or I had to run from them because they surely wasn't in the will of God for me. Some will say, 
just give me grace to bear it till the end. This marriage I'm in or this one that I'm supposedly tied to. Let me tell you something. We all think the will of God is all about what we desire and what we want and what fulfills our little fleshly uh, feelings. But can I tell you something? The will of God is much greater. And I want to show you that in the Bible. And I want to go, if you get into the law of God, you're going to find God tells you who to marry, how to marry, and what to marry. But if you get into man, man don't want to hear what God's got to say. Don't let mom and dad pick your husband or wife. Oh, mom and dad picked your husband and wife. I, I told my kid one time, I said, here, let me pick out in your, uh, your book from school. Let me pick out somebody for you. And they looked at me and said, Dad, that's the biggest square in the church or in the school. And I said, I can't help it. That's the one I picked. You know, because you worry about them. You're fearful that somebody's going to take advantage. You want your little baby to be taken care of. So you try to plan for them. But can I tell you something? God has a will much greater than we understand. And especially if you're not listening to the will of God, listening to what God is trying to do in your life. I can marry my wife. We can get money. We can go and spend all of our time making money. We can spend all of our time doing all kinds of good deeds. But can I tell you, the good deeds is not necessarily the will of God either. The will of God is that I be in Christ and that I walk in him daily. Listen to what I'm telling you. I need to be in the will of God. In 143rd Psalm, I'm not going to turn there. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read three verses. You can if you want, but it's in the eighth verse of the 143rd Psalm. Listen to what King David said. Cause me, verse 8, cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know thy way, the way wherein I should walk. For I lift up my soul to thee. Verse 9. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies, and I flee unto thee to hide me. Now listen to 10. Verse 10. Teach me to do thy will. For thou art my God, thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. How many knows? David says, cause me to know the way wherein I walk. And the other part is, teach me, Lord, to do thy will. Let me tell you something. That's what you ought to be crying out from your heart. It ain't how perfect you pick. It ain't how the perfect job you pick. It ain't the perfect house you pick. It ain't your perfect children. You personally need to know the will of God in your life. You need to search for it. David was saying, Lord, teach me to do thy will. Help me to walk this will every day. I want you to turn to Hosea. I want you to turn to Hosea. I'm going to be in Hosea for a few minutes. And I want you to hear it because this is an odd book in the Bible. And I'm going to say it because I believe it. I read it this week, and I read through some of the things. I want you to turn to Hosea, the first chapter, 
And I want you to hear a minor, they call them the minor prophets. There were 12 minor prophets. There were major prophets of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, but this is the, one of the minor prophets. And he lived, listen to me now, he lived during 753 B.C. down to 715 B.C. And during that 38 years of time, he was a prophet in the northern kingdom of Israel. How many knows after Solomon, the, Israel got split. And the bottom part was in, in Jerusalem is Jude, Judah. Judah split. Judah and Benjamin split from the other 10 tribes. And the other 10 tribes were in the north. They didn't worship together. They didn't serve together. They lived separate. There was a division in them. God wasn't pleased with the division. He ain't pleased in the division you got in you. But God, being so many people's talking about Israel today, I'm going to bring Israel into this because Israel is what God sees. But also this song the young people sang about the love of God. Listen to me. There's a love that the Father has that you and I don't see. We only want him to love us and bless us. But I want you to hear what the Father's will is and what the Father's love is. But in Hosea, chapter 1, look at verse 2. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea. Who spoke to Hosea? God spoke to Hosea. Now listen to me, Christian. You're going out into the world and you're trying to find where, you're, where the will of God is in your life. Listen to me. Hosea is a man of God. He didn't do anything wrong. But God spoke to Hosea and said, listen to me. This is what I want you to do. He says, the beginning of the word of the Lord Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms. That's not good. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You might, listen, I don't know why this message is here today, but it's here for a reason. I don't know who you married. I don't know nothing about your life. Now, some of you I know, some of you family, but I don't know personally your problems or, or what you feel like you failed at or what you feel like God's gave you in life. But can I tell you something? God gave this man of God something that is not normal with the law of God. The law of God and the God that we serve don't normally tell you, go look in the area of a prostitute to find you a wife. I mean, just heard what I said. That's not God. God don't do that. But God's doing this in Hosea. But I want you to understand the time and the day that he's in. He says, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Deblaim, which conceived and bare a son. And the Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel, for yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, which is the house of Jehu is the men. Uh, if you look back, you can look back in the history of Israel. Ahab, the bad king, 
Jehu was called up to take care and destroy his, he killed 70 of his sons. But God was not pleased, even though Jehu did what God told him to do. He wasn't pleased with Jehu because Jehu turned right around and began to act just like Ahab was doing. How many knows God don't forget? God knows exactly how obedient we are. But it says here, and he will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. And it shall come to pass at that day that I will bring break the bow, the bow of Israel and the valley in the valley of Jezreel. And she conceived again and bare a daughter. And God said unto him, call her name Lorahama. Excuse me, I can't hear you. For I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, for I will take them away. But I will have mercy upon the house of Judah and will save them by the Lord their God. Then... Uh, their God and will not save them by the bow or by the sword or by the battle, by the horses, by the horsemen. Now when she had weaned Lorahama, she conceived and bare a son. Then said God, call his name Loami, for he, for ye are not my people and I will not be your God. Now, I want you to stop there because I want you to understand something. God told Hosea to marry this woman. Right off, they have a child. Right off the bat, his name Jezreel, and this is the most important thing. His name means God scatters or God spreads like you'd spread seeds upon, a, upon a, on the crops to grow. But he scatters. And God is talking about Israel's unfaithfulness to God. Listen to what I'm telling you. Did you know what's going on in Israel has been planned a long time ago? What's going on today, God knows all about it. God is using enemies to bring Israel to the place where they finally come to the place where they see that God sent his very best, his only begotten son, died for them. They've never recognized Jesus as their Messiah. They've never recognized him. That day is coming. But it says here, Jezreel means God scatters. The next one is the daughter and her name Laura Hama, it means she is not pitied. That means she refuses to repent. Uh-oh. And there's no mercy for her. Now, why would God call his man out to go marry a woman and have these children? And it seems like every child, Israel's going downhill. Did you know when Hosea lived during this time, Israel was actually a prosperous nation. They were doing pretty good at the time. But God saw their heart. They were so far from God. Sometimes I think Americans think, oh, we got it made. We're printing money one, one dollar after another, and we don't seem to care that there's a, a day coming, when a reckoning day, when we're going to have to answer to it. We just keep on going down that path like it's okay. We're blessed, Ryan. We just keep on doing our thing. As long as I get my check, as long as I get enough money to pay my bills, I'm okay. 
And we don't seem to stand for God or what the will of God is in this country. We've given up. I'll just bargain with God. God says, don't do this, but I say, well, there's five ways I can do this, five reasons I've given myself that I can do this, and God will overlook me. No, God won't overlook you. His word will stand when the world's on fire. His will for your life is to get yourself into him and stay in him with all your heart. And I can't tell you what that is. You know, you come to me and tell, you, tell, me, uh, tell me what the will of God is for my life. It's not that you play an instrument. It's not that you sing a song. That might be part of the things God's doing in you. Them are works. Them are things that God gives you to do. But he wants the will of God in your life. He's after you and I to walk down the middle of the road knowing that we have been set free and that we can proclaim the name of Jesus to everyone we see. That's walking in the will of God. She is not pitied. How many knows? God has scattered America. We've been separated. We've been split. God sent the warning to repent, but we refuse to repent. The day's coming when there'll be no repentance. When judgment comes, Bobby's repentance is out. It's time for judgment. You refuse to hear God's word. You refuse to hear the spirit of God speaking to your heart saying, I know it's me. I'm the one that needs to repent. How many knows what I'm saying? The enemy's doing his best to separate. He's been his best to part us. He's doing his best to get us to that place where we get cold on God and we reject him when he speaks to us. Conviction is a good thing. It's your friend. It's bringing you to God. You might feel bad. You might say, I don't want nobody to know because everybody will think bad of me. They think it doesn't matter what people think. God sees you already. Knows right where you're at. Bring yourself to him and watch him turn your life around and give you a life worth living. He'll put a joy inside of you that the circumstances around you, your wife, your children, your money, anything else don't mean nothing. Only thing that matters is I'm walking with the will of God. I live it. I walk it. I want it. No, I don't do that all the time. I fight to do that. I strive. The enemy fights me every day. But I got to fight this fight of faith. And I got to hold on and I got to stay in his word. And I got to stay on my face before God because God is trying to round this up. He's bringing it. The last son, his, last, his name was Laami. And that's when God says, these are not my people and I'm not your God. How many knows America's come to that? We're coming right into that. We don't cry out to God when storms hit, when, when many, uh, many troubles come our way. And can I tell you something? If you're waiting for our big army to rise up to save Israel, look out. They've been destroying our army and our men in the army for a long time. They've been working real hard to, dis, to dis bring us down a big notch. They don't want our men to stand up 
and fight for what's right. They want to turn it over to a national army. I know you think I got two heads, but I don't. I'm telling you right now, that's the direction this country's going. We have set God out. We are not his people. I know one of our presidents says this is not a Christian nation, and he was wrong when he said it. But we are coming to a place when we decide our people are voting for everything that's against God. And they smile and say, yeah, I ain't going to say nothing, but I'm going to vote for who I want because it's going to fill my pocket with something. And I don't want to stop. I, gotta, I sat right there yesterday, excuse me for saying this, but I sat right there yesterday and watched a commercial and it irks me to no end. And it's a minister out of Columbus. Some of you that seen it. And he is pushing that it's nobody's business if you want to go get an abortion. It's not the government's business. They shouldn't be taking that right away from you. That's the way he says it. And I looked at him and I said, you're a shame. You're a shame and a stink in the nostrils of God. Because God is not. Where in the world did God ever say Go and kill that baby because it's inconvenient to you. Where does God ever release that from that problem? God is true. God is fair. God is right. God is just. God is true, and he don't have to back up on what he has said. He done said it, and he ain't making bargains with you, me, my children, my grandchildren, or nobody else. He done knows exactly how it's supposed to be and you know it in your heart no matter how much you cover it with a white sheet. It's wrong. Tell me. Tell me when they take those babies in there and they chase them down with a needle to kill them. Tell me that's of God. That can't be of God. Just They ought to prop your eyes open and make you watch that. Those that vote for those things. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, it's getting election time, and I'm not no elector guy. I'm not going to stand up here and talk politics. It really doesn't, it's kind of none of my business, but can I tell you something? I'm watching what God's doing. And when I see what God's doing and people get scared and they run to the house of God and they want to hear the truth, I'm going to tell you the truth. Amen. You're not going to walk out of here and say, it's okay, I'll just do what I want. It ain't nobody's business. It is the business of God's people to stand up for what's right. Speak the truth. I don't, I bring my grandkids will come over to the house sometimes. And grandkids, I can apologize if I hurt your feelings. But I have got to say, sometimes when the conversation comes out, I got to say what I feel. And it may not be what you want to hear. And I'm sure it ain't what you're hearing in your schools or in this world. But if I as a father, if I leave this life real soon, listen to me. Remember, I stood against it. I wasn't for it. I'm not for what they're doing, and I refuse to bow down to what they're saying to do. I don't play that tolerant game. I don't play that let's leave God out of the picture. you got to bring God into every question you got. Verse 10, yet the number of the children of Israel 
after he said, they're not my people. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. It shall come to pass that in the place where it was said of them, you are not my people, there it shall be said of them, you are the sons of the living God. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head, and they shall come out of the land for great shall be the day of Jezreel. What's he trying to say? He's trying to say, I am re referring to what I've done in Hosea. I'm trying to explain. Listen to me. This is God's heart crying through Hosea of what he's telling Hosea to do before the people. It ain't just for the people that was living then. Me and you are seeing it today. You're seeing that God spoke through his man of God and told him to go and to love and to go and to take that prostitute woman and have children by her. And then you'll find out what it means for me to love Israel that's turned on me all of my life, all of the life of Israel. God has took care of everything they've ever needed. Don't you think he loves them? His heart is broke for Israel. His desire, his will is that Israel would be saved and come back to him. He gave his all for them. He gave his very best. He sent prophet like Hosea. He sent prophet after prophet to tell them, stop your sinning, return to me, repent of your sin. But what did they do? They turned away from him. He has to bring judgment upon them the same as he bring upon any other nation. He would have to apologize to Solomon and Gomorrah. He would have to apologize for the destruction he's destroyed other people because they were so evil, because he's allowing his own people to do those very things. In Hosea, the second chapter, verse 1, Say ye unto the bre your brethren, listen to this, Say ye to your brethren, Ami and your sisters Rehumah, Plead with your mother. Listen to the heart of, of Hosea. I want you to listen to this heart. He said, plead with your mother. Plead for she is not my wife. Neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts. Let us lest I strip her naked and set her as in the day that she was born and make her as a wilderness and set her like a dry, like a dry land and slay her with thirst. And I will not have mercy upon her children, for they be the children of whoredoms. For their mother hath played the harlot. She hath conceived them. them she that conceived them hath done shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers. Listen to this. Gomer had done this. She not only had the three children, but she left him. And she'd gone after her lovers. And now she's come back to the place. Because he, he pulled her out of a place where they worshiped Baal. They, had, they actually had a prostitute going on at the church or at the temple of Baal and she came out of this 
But he here, she's not only left Hosea, and she left the children. And Hosea's telling the children, plead for your mother. But she has come to the place where she said, my lovers that I followed, they're the ones that supply my bread, my water, my wool, my flax, my oil, my drink. She was given all the credit to someone else. Hosea had took care of her. He loved her. Now, this whole second chapter, it switches here, and it begins to talk about Israel and how far they got away from God, how God's heart was broke. So I'm going to skip it, and I'm going to go to the third chapter of Hosea. Just There's only five verses. I want you to hear this because it's important. I hope I got your attention. I hope by now you got, you got to understand God is trying to get our attention. It says in Hosea 3, the first verse, Then said the Lord to me, the Lord cried out, to Hosea again, Andy. He's crying out to this man of God. He says, go yet love a woman beloved of her friends, her friend, yet an adulteress, according, listen to this, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel. You hear what I just said? He told Hosea, I want you to go and take her back. And I want you to hold on to her and love her. I don't want you to sit around and whine about you're mistreated. I got an unfaithful wife. I got an unfaithful life. I got all these problems. No. God said take her back and hold her and love her and take care of her again. I want you to hear what God asked for the man of God to do. Why? Because God said, you've got to understand, that's how I feel about Israel. They've walked away from me time and time again, but I love them so much I'm trying to get them back into my arms. That's why this Hosea is written. That's why this scripture is coming forth. <clears throat> and it says... Who she looked toward other gods and loved flagons of wine, which are raisin cakes. I don't know what that means, but verse, verse two. So I brought her to me. He says, I bought her. I went and bought her. Hosea went out and bought her. Why did he have to buy her? Because she had run out of all her men, all those men that was taking care of her. They had pushed her out. Now she's starving to death. She's on a, a line where she's become a servant. She has to serve to even have anything. They've got her on the, on the line down there to be bought. And Hosea says, so I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver. And for a homer of barley and a homer of bar a half a homer of barley. And I said to her, listen to what he says to her, Thou shalt abide for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot. Thou shalt not be for another man. So will I also be for thee. 
For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king and without a prince and without sacrifice and without an image, without an effort and without teraphim. And after shall, afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. God switched it all back in those little five verses to tell Hosea. He told him to go back and buy her, go back and pay for her, bring her back into your home. Tell her you're not running away no more. I'm going to hold you here. And I'm going to be faithful to you. You're going to be mine and I'm going to be yours. And I don't think this is just a little fake story. I don't think this. I think this is Hosea with a heart broken toward Gomer. Just he wanted you and I. He wanted Hosea and he wanted the children of Israel to see how much he loved them. God wants you to see how much he loved Israel. It's funny that Israel's in the news. It's odd that they're in the news. But God loves them. Don't you understand? God's trying to reach them. But they are living a rejected life of God. So is a lot of the church. I know this is an odd subject. I don't I'm not going to tell you that everything's going to be rosy. But I will tell you that if you align yourself with the will of God, you will be fulfilled in your life. I don't care what's going on on the outside. Everybody here got a perfect life? Step on up. I ain't got no perfect life. My wife's pretty much perfect, but that's about it. I'll just throw that in there. In 1 Thessalonians, I'm going to read something. I'm getting out of Hosea. I want you to hear the story, but I'm going to get you out of there. I want you to listen. 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. Verse 1. Paul said this to the Thessalonians. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren. Talking about two other Christians, Paul's writing. He said, and I exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as we, as ye have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God. How I ought to walk and how I ought to please God? I didn't ask my wife. I got to ask God, how do I walk and please you? Listen to what I'm telling you. You can please all the people around you and you can miss God. He says, how I ought to please God so ye would abound more and more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. Listen to what Paul's saying. This is the will of God, even your sanctification. What does that mean? That means that you have set yourself apart to do the will of God in your life. I mean, just heard me. 
Set yourself, we talked about it last week, about being sanctified, set apart. That's why you run that word of God through you. It keeps you sanctified, set apart. Well, this is what he's telling you. He's, Paul's telling them here, he says, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Now, I know he's getting into sexual sins. And our, our country's got their problems. Truthfully, uh, the old preachers had it right because I was raised way back, and I can remember them, Randy. I can remember the old, I know Carl remembers. The old preachers would preach, throw your television out in the garbage. I know, you don't want to hear that. And I thought the same thing when computers came in. I thought there's too much access to what the enemy wants to give you. I'm sorry. I like a good show just like anybody else. I like to laugh and cut up. And I like to have a good time. But can I tell you something? Watching this world and watching what this world has become is destructive. I cannot imagine at my age watching that commercial of a pastor getting on there and talking the way he did. I can't imagine that. I, I just, it's just over my head. I don't comprehend. He cannot be reading the Bible. It says, verse 4, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of consubstance. What is the lust of consubstance? It's a desire or a craving for what is forbidden from you. Uh-oh. You mean to tell me them shows that I watch that I'm just watching with my eyes? You mean to tell me I'm not supposed to watch them shows? Let me tell you something. There's something inside of you that God put in every one of us, that says, especially Christians, that says to you, that's forbidden. That's not of God. I need to take this stuff off. And if it's hurting me, and if it bothers me, I promise you it's bothering your children that know you're watching it. Uh-oh. Now I'm meddling, ain't I? Now I'm getting personal. It's, bother it's bothersome. But can I tell you something? That's what our country's come to. We put our children in front of a TV. We give them open access to anything that comes across it. I know. You don't want to hear it. I'm sorry, you, uh, we can pass tomatoes out and you can throw them at me anytime. <laughs> but it's the truth. And you know what? It's sad because think about the love of the Father. Think of the love of the Father when he sees Israel falling into those traps again, putting their eyes where they don't belong, watching what the world's got and saying, oh, I want, I want to have it. God, you're going to have to look around me this time. i got to have this. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You're to set yourself apart for God. Set yourself apart and sanctified, set apart for the will of God in your life. It's personal, very personal. God knows you. He knows everything you've went through, everything you've thought, everything, and he also knows your days, where you started and where you end. I know I'm leaving this life someday. 
Me and my wife's talked about it. I don't know which one will go first. But can I tell you something? I don't got to stay here. I got to be in heaven. For me to ever want my wife to be with me, I'm going to have to make heaven my own. And I'm going to have to fight every devil in hell to keep me from going there. You hear what I'm saying? Only God can do that for me. World can't do it. Religion can't do it. Sitting in the church don't do it. It's knowing him in my life. He says, not in the lust of consubstance, even as the Gentiles, which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. Uh-oh. You don't mean he expects us to be holy people? Yes, I don't care who you are. I don't care what sin you did. I don't care what it is that the devil says he's got around your neck, that stronghold that he can't, you can't seem to break away from. God says, I can deliver you, set you free, put you on the road to heaven, and you'll shine for me. Don't sell God short. You're selling God short through you. You're the one that can't do that. God can do all things. For God has not called us to uncleanness, but to holiness. He therefore that despises, despises not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. And that ought to tell you something. You know what? Jesus Christ was despised, and he didn't do one thing wrong. All he did was spoke love and truth to them. All he did was spoke the truth. But they hated him, desired to kill him, and they did hang him on the cross and kill him. And everybody that came before him that told him to get out of your sin, repent, everybody that came that God sent, every prophet, everybody that, that God rose up to bring to him, guess what they did to them? They did the same thing they did to Christ. They shut him up. They refused to hear him. That's exactly what's happening today. Sometimes I think to myself, Lord, we need a great revival. But can I tell you, we're too busy to have a revival. We're too tired. We got too much on our plate. And if we really get there, we really don't want to do no more than what we're doing in the church. That's all I want to do. I don't know why I sound so smart alecky today, but I am. Some reason, I feel like a smart aleck, and I don't mean that. I'm going to tell you something. God loves us. God is trying his best to get a hold of people, a remnant of people that will say, I'm going to believe God, I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to commit myself to live for him. Ezekiel said this in Ezekiel 33. You can come back up, Becky. Ezekiel 33, verse 10. Listen to the watchman. Ezekiel's called the watchman. But he says, Therefore, O thou son of man, God said to Ezekiel, Speak unto the house of Israel, 
Thus you speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how shall we then live? How many is pining away? How many knows what that means? Are you pining away? It says you're decaying. You're being consumed away. You're rotten inside. Why? Because he just simply said to him, our transgressions and our sins be upon us and we pine away in them. We don't get rid of them. We just set and live in them and let them rot us and destroy us. And then we wonder where God is. We wonder why there is no revival. We wonder why there is no change in the lives of Christians anymore. I'm not condemning nobody. God help me. I want you to understand he loves you. He's just trying to draw you closer. It says, Say unto them as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. How many knows that's true? God spoke all the way back in Ezekiel's time and he's having Ezekiel to speak to Israel about their sin. And then God says to him, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Then he says it, turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? Listen to the heart of God. He sent a word through Ezekiel. Turn Israel, turn Israel. Why will you die in your evil ways? God's warning. He's sending a message of warning. He's telling you repent while you have space to repent. Israel was on its way down in Ezekiel also. Ezekiel knew the day that he was in. God sees and knows every life. He knows every reason. Long before they started this stuff with the, all the stuff that's being pushed in our laws. Long before that, God knew it. God knew it was coming. If you read in the book of Leviticus, you'll find God warns about men sleeping with men, women sleeping with women, and having this desire for each other. You know, and he also has, he has written right in there whether you want to hear it or not because I worry sometimes when I watch the commercials and I don't want you people with animals to get upset, but Bible teaches that be careful because he's even written it in Leviticus about sleeping with animals. Oh, you say that's terrible. You shouldn't have said that. It's in the Bible. I'm going to tell you something. God has been warning and been warning and been warning all through the Bible. You can say, just like the world wants to say, it's just an old book. Take it and throw it away. We'll rewrite a new one that don't sound so hard. I don't agree with that. I 
I'll tell you, this is going to be here on Judgment Day. We can sing, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Are you ready, are you ready, are you ready? But one day he will say, that's enough. That's enough. Are you ready? Are you on his side fighting to bring people to him? Or are you on the other side saying, I'm just trying to get there myself the best that I know how. As long as I got my ticket, I'm okay. It don't matter if I do anything or not. God wants you to walk in the will of God in your life. You don't have to be me. And I tell you right now, you don't want to be me. You don't want to stand here and talk about this. I don't get up here with my opinion and say, let me tell you what Tim Pruitt thinks about this. No, I'm going to tell you, if I don't preach this word, I might as well go out the door and lock it behind me. Because can I tell you something? I'm useless to God. God's heart's broke today. He's probably hurting over what happened in Israel today. There's a part of God, he don't want to see nothing bad happen to Israel. He's waiting for that day. But can I tell you, while he's waiting, he has a plan to bring all that he can to him before he turns it back to Israel and he shows them who he was. The world's going to turn on Israel. It's coming. You got to get them in the, in the limelight first. You got to put them in the front page of the newspaper for everybody to see. You got to put them on the headlines. And then when you put them there, God's going to do some things. I read it a few weeks ago about the horsemen. And I read it about at the uh, open of the seals, the sixth seal. And I read it where the rich and the big people much bigger than we are they're famous wealthy people the bible says they're going to hide in the caves and say let the rocks fall on us and hide us from him because the wrath of the lamb of god is coming they know it let me tell you something i don't care if his name's sorison i don't care who his name is one day they're going to hide from god because God's going to bring judgment. I know it sounds hard. Let's get close to God. Let's fall in love with Him all over again. He's loved me when I was unfaithful. He's loved Israel when they were unfaithful. He's loved you when you were unfaithful. And He's restored you day after day after day. He's forgave you. And he still wants to set you on a pedestal for his sake, for the name of the gospel, for the name of Christ. Everybody stand if you will. If you don't know him as your savior, it's time to get ready. It's time to have that preparation day in your heart from this day forward. You don't see what God can do, but if you surrender, then he'll open your eyes to see what God can do in you. Let him have his way today. While they sing a little song, we're not going to hold you, though. You'll make up your mind one way or the other. 
You're making a choice one way or the other. Whether you go out the door or whether you come to this altar, and this altar is not some special place other than it's where people are open to come and to pray. And if you don't understand and you need help, people will pray with you. While they say, Go ahead, drive the nails in my hands. Laugh at me where you stand. Go ahead and say it isn't me. The day will come. You will see.
I've had people argue with me and say, God has a perfect will. And if everything ain't going perfect in your life, you're not in his will. But I can tell you, God's got a permissive will. It's just a word. But when I look at it and I look at Hosea, I think God permitted Hosea to go and do what he did because he loved his people and he wanted them to see how much he loved them. He sent Hosea after someone unworthy. God. You know, Hosea's name, name means salvation. He's a savior. He's a, he's a person that's got carrying that name. He's the restorer. That's who Jesus was. All you had to do is come to him. Surrender yourself to him. You'll be like a little child again that puts your hand up into your mommy or daddy's hand and says, Lord, I'm walking with you from this day forward. I'm never letting go. I'm holding on to you. I know the world's got nothing but dead ends. All the money in the world, all of the fame in the world, all of the rest of it, all of the satisfactions of, of your flesh will never give you what God will give you. He's not only got a plan to bless your life here, but to give you eternal life. But it's up to you to make that choice. It's your choice. Choose him today. I know you can't go back and be perfect. You can't change yesterday. You don't need to worry about yesterday. Just listening to the voice of God. He'll show you how to go forward. And you'll shine. You will shine for Jesus. No matter what you think, God can do all things. Praise God. The old song says, I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from the wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk close to thee. You won't be satisfied if you don't walk, if you don't walk close to him. Church will make you miserable every time you come. Because you know what? The message don't ever change. It's a message I heard when I was a young person. Get your heart right with God. Be ready. God's coming soon. My life is just a vapor, just a little short time in this life. Only what I find in Christ is going to matter. All the rest of it I leave behind. Praise God. I thank you for your patience today.